0: Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth, and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Happy New Year! Feels weird that January 6th and you're still saying Happy New Year, but it's the first time I've seen a lot of you, so Happy New Year! Unfortunately, my message does not start with P. I know Chad's did, but mine is starting with S. It is called Something Worth Seeking. So, Chad kicked off our summer series last week called First Things First, where he touched on four different areas, starting with P, which are important to put first this year. So, this week I'll be going into Chad's first point a little bit more deeper, which was to seek first the person of Jesus, with the scripture being found in Matthew 6, verse 31. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, or we've got it up on the screen. So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. It's a good verse. So leading up to this one in Matthew five, uh, Jesus sees crowds of people gathering. So he goes up to the mountainside and he sits down. His disciples and all anyone else that wants to listen uh, go and join him. They sit down and Jesus begins to teach them. So he teaches them on different life principles and practices, famously known as Sermon on the Mounts. Right? We all know Sermon on the Mounts. And I love this verse in particular that we're going to explore a little more in a minute. But as always, I want to know why. Why is he telling me not to worry about such things? And what is Jesus talking about beforehand? Why do I need to seek first his kingdom? I ask a lot of questions. So we'll begin in verse 19. So if you want to turn to verse 19, you can. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your heart, your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. See, when you worry, it takes you away from seeking Jesus and all Jesus wants is you. So you don't need to worry about such things when you have God of the universe, God who created all things, who is on your side, who knew you before you were born, who is pleased and excited to provide for all your needs. God is saying it is simply not worth it being a slave to money. And it makes a lot more sense serving God and all the blessings that come rather than serving money and being a slave to that. So that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them with Rachel's blueberries. (laughs) That's for another day. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Does worrying make you live longer? Does worrying make you happy? Does worrying add a single moment to your life? Or does it take away that moment? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So basically, Jesus is saying, why don't you believe that your heavenly Father who adores you, who dreamed of you, who has a plan for you, for you, who loved you before you were born, has provided for all of humanity for thousands of years, why don't you believe he will provide for you in your most basic needs of life right now? Why do you have so little faith? Your kids don't worry about where their food's coming from. Or where their clothes are coming from. They just trust that each day they wake up, there will be food on the table. They will have clothes to wear. And more than that, how much more does God take care of us? It is such a small thing for us to provide for our kids when it feels huge for us, but it is really quite small. And God has unlimited resources. And when we seek first his kingdom, we have access to those same unlimited resources. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So Jesus is telling us quite firmly not to worry about these temporal, earthly concerns and instead prioritise seeking first his kingdom. And I'm so glad that Jesus said this because it means it works. And him telling us not to worry implies that he knows we're going to worry. So he's getting ahead by telling us, don't worry because it's not worth it. There is no other step. It's a one-step point. Seek first the kingdom of God. And if someone else would dare tell you when you're in the middle of a terrifying situation, don't worry, mate, you'll be right. You just want to bop him one. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) But if Jesus tells you don't worry, oh, okay, I won't worry. He told me not to worry. It's all good. We all know the kingdom is infinite. There is no end to it. So what I'm sharing on today is just one small snippet of this huge kingdom. And there's so many different aspects to it that we'll never fully understand. But we can definitely start pursuing this one area this year and every other year. But two things that I want to first touch on that I believe are things that can potentially stop us or slow us down from pursuing Jesus and his kingdom, if we allow it. And then we'll go further into what it is to seek the kingdom. So I got these two things from the verses leading up to it. Our first point is our priorities. 6 verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moss eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal Store your treasures in heaven where moss and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Material things do not last, no matter how much they cost. They are susceptible to wear and tear, they lose their value, they can be stolen. All of this from verse 19. But when you focus on the eternal, when you value the eternal over temporal, you have nothing to lose. Nothing can lose its value in the kingdom. It can only increase from glory to glory. And that power that that command has is found in verse 21, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Can you really face the fact that what you treasure and value the most, your heart will be found there? So then the question becomes, what are you spending your time and energy with? Don't get me wrong, it's nice to have lovely things and it's nice to look good. But are we checking along the way, is this bigger in my life than God? Am I pursuing this more than I am God? Luke 12, 15, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. It's that time of year where people are starting to set their goals for the year and this is a good one to think about. Is there anything that I need to lay down before God because it is stopping me from getting closer to him? And if you don't know, and if you're game, ask him because he will tell you, because he wants you He wants you to be closer to him. So he will show you the things that are stopping or getting in the way of that relationship. Store your treasures in heaven where moss and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Treasure the things of eternity over the things on the earth that do not last. You have nothing to lose when you focus on the kingdom but everything to gain. The other thing that can happen when we prioritise material things over the kingdom, it causes us to worry, which leads to anxiety. I am a worrier. Nope, I'm not a worrier. I worry. (laughs) Our anxiety over material things cheats us from trusting in God. It distracts us. It takes our eyes off of his promises and off of his promise to providing for all our needs. As soon as we are filled with anxiety and worry, we become troubled in our heart. You can all probably relate to this. Results in lack of peace and emotionally in turmoil because material things, either lack of them or surplus of them is now controlling our attitude and our purpose in life. It does not take long at all for that to happen. Our worries reveal what's important to us. Material things are not as important as we think and certainly isn't worth us wasting any more time worrying over when we can hand it over to God and he can take care of it. He wants to take care of it. He's just waiting for you to surrender it to him. He's not a controlling God. He's not going to say, he's not just going to take over and do it. He's waiting for you to give it to him. Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. So over Christmas, I had 10 days off. And leading up to that, I was really excited. Like, yes, I'm going to have all this time. I'm going to get everything done. And I think it was the last day of work. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be paid for 10 days. Okay. Um, Then I start going into how are we going to buy food, how are we going to do that, and, you know, all all that feelings that I'm sure a lot of you... (laughs) So, I mentioned it to Jake, who's, you know, you know Jake, he's Jake, (laughs) just stands there like a, you know, tall person, and (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) poor Jake, (laughs) I'm like, Jake, I'm not going to be paid for 10 days, and he says, Rachel, before I continue, because we all know there's a lot more that I was going to add to that, he says, Rachel, (laughs) Rachel, Don't worry about it. It'll be right. But, and, you know, continue to say, Rachel. He started to get quite firm. Yes. He gets frustrated. I get frustrated because he's not listening and I'm not listening. And, okay, I just walked away. I'll just diffuse this situation. He wasn't going to have a bar of it. So I'm like, all right, what do I do? I'll just worry. I won't talk to anyone about it. I'll just... Stand over here and worry. So I continued to do that for a little while, stressing myself out, you know, spiralling. But all of a sudden I had a thought, which never happens. I usually continue to worry for a few days. This was before I knew this sermon was happening as well. I had this thought, I can continue to worry. This was not funny, by the way. This was quite serious. (laughs) I can continue to worry and let this ruin my whole 10 days off, which we all know that's what would have happened, or I can let it go. I can give it to God. Who would have thought? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I had this brainwave. So, God, you'll provide for me. Just handball it off, all right. And honestly, this never happens. I did not continue to think of it. I didn't check the bank accounts. We had enough food. We didn't go hungry, it was Christmas, there was lots of of leftovers and I really enjoyed my break and God knew this was going to happen long before I realised and that's just a small story of usually not how simple it goes but it is really that simple, you just hand it off to God and let his peace just come and fill your heart's Worrying isn't going to change the situation or make it better. It just brings us down, makes us tired, we lose sleep, robs us of our joy, our peace, and it takes our focus off Jesus. So in these moments when you begin to feel worry, shut it down, like what Jake did. Shut it down. No more. (laughs) And thank God for all he has done like it says in Philippians 4, 6. We've got hundreds of stories where God's provided for us. We just go back and read. Oh, that's right, he provided for us there. You know, thank God for everything that he's done already. So now that we're free from anxiety and we've reordered our priorities, let's move on to what it is to seek the kingdom. Chad said it last week, the only reason we have a kingdom to seek is because we have a king. And the kingdom is something worth seeking. So what is this kingdom of God that we are to seek? Romans fourteen seventeen says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Even more to it, seeking the kingdom is seeking his promises for your life, seeking his desires for your life. Learning how to live as an example for him in your workplace, in your school, in your home. Seeking his will for all of humanity and finding out what your role is in it. Seeking out what it means to live as he did. Seeking out the gifts that he's given us to use to bring glory to his name. Those are just a few small examples. The list goes on. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So seek is the Greek word zateo, which means to seek in order to find, by thinking, meditating, to aim at, strive after. But the definition that struck me the most was to demand something from someone. I'll go more into that soon. But Isaiah 45:19 says: I publicly proclaim bold promises. I do not whisper obscurities in some dark corner. I would not have told the people of Israel to seek me if I could not be found. It's a really good verse. So Xander's favourite game at the moment is hide and seek. I hide from... his three. This is my son. I hide from him but not in impossible places because I want him to find me. So... <laughs> Might be behind a door with my foot out, or <laughs> behind the curtain where he can see my arm or something. You know, fun places. Or if it's somewhere a little bit tricky, I'll start making funny noises. It's really quite hilarious. So he'll start yelling. He'll count four, six, nine. Here I come! And then he comes running, and <laughs> it's really quite funny. Mom, mom, where are you, mom? Then you make a noise, oh, oh. Huh. He lifts out the beanbag. no. Anyway, he eventually comes looking and he sees your foot. He goes, there you are, found you. It's really cute. I really love it when he finds me because it's the priceless reaction on his face. God wants to be found. He wants to be sought out. He wants to be sought after first. God is not afraid to make bold promises because he can back them up. One time I was hiding from Xander and he got so distracted, I could see him. So distracted, he found a toy or something that he wanted to play with. So he goes up and he's playing with it. Meanwhile, I'm still hiding. I'm like, Xander, what? you going to find me? He doesn't answer, he plays with it. Xander, What? So I just come out and in the end, you know, the game's over. It's not happening anymore. But it made me wonder, how long has God been hiding simply because we've stopped looking? He is worth all your time because he never disappoints. He never takes back his word. And if he said he will do it, he will do it. God wants us to chase him. He will never put himself in a place where we can't find him because he wants to be found. When you're looking for something that's lost or searching for something of value that you've put in a special place, how are you looking? Are you looking passively? Oh, I'll find it one day. Or aggressively? Another word is passionately. Passionately. I'm a passionate, loud looker. Where is that thing? I will find it. (laughs) And I make a big mess in the process of trying to find it. And I start yelling, Jake, have you seen it? Xander, (laughs) where is it? (laughs) He doesn't know. He probably lost it. Anyway, I will keep searching until I find that thing, even if it takes all day and I've got 100 things to do. I need to know where it is. That is how God wants us to seek his kingdom, with passion, with enthusiasm, with excitement, with zeal. When you're seeking his kingdom, you have the ability to demand, to call out to him, to ask him questions, to think about him, to meditate on his word, to claim his promises for yourself, to come to him no matter what you're going through. I become demanding out of curiosity, to know more, to become just like him. We can find the kingdom by looking at Jesus and his life, by learning about him, by reading his word and applying it to our lives. Seek in order to find out more about Jesus. There are plenty of promises in the Bible for those who search Him. for him. Here are some just to name a few. Psalms 9 verse 10. You, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. Psalm 42, 8, each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. Psalm 63, you are my God, I earnestly search for you, my soul thirsts for you. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. Psalm 70, verse 4, may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. There are plenty more. You can read the Bible and find them. <laughs> At the end of the day, you have to run to God and he can be found because he tells us he can be found. That is a promise. We had a situation beginning of last year where we were trying to refinance our car because we learnt that we were paying way too high interest and it was ridiculous. So... We our car's not fancy at all, but we went through the process of trying to refinance it through different banks and no one would take it because the value of it was less than what was owed and if we sold it we would still be paying it. Oh, made me so mad. It was causing so much stress. And I was crying and crying. There was nothing we could do. I'm like, what the hell? stupid car, stupid salesperson. I was getting really mad. God loves that salesperson. I've forgiven that salesperson. <laughs> but it was, it was honestly, for about six months, it was causing me so much stress. Every week had to make that payment. Every week it would hurt so much. And one day we just we prayed about it. You know, it still causes stress because you see that money go out and you know how much it's going to interest. And anyway... Six months later, someone rings and says, oh, we've just sold our farm and we've come to some money. Tell me about your car. I was like, I told him about the story, the bitterness and the, the sadness. And he was like, well, we really want to pay that off for you and then you can just pay us back so you're not paying all that interest. So in the end, we've saved well over five grand in interest and 30 bucks a week this person had no idea about any of that, we didn't tell anybody, it was just someone really close to us said we want to we want to help you and that was small to some degree but it was so huge at that same time and I'm, I said earlier I'm someone that worries a lot so I'm not preaching to, I'm preaching to myself as much as You guys, all the things in the world that we worry about are not worth it when it means we become blind and deaf to the truth of who God is and how much he loves us when the worries cause us to reorder our priorities. Is it getting in the way of your relationship with God? Because Jesus said it plainly, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Is it worth losing yourself to material possessions? You can't serve God and be enslaved to money. In all of these things that cause you to worry, to stress, that you lose sleep over, seek first the kingdom of God and see what he has to say about it. He will always answer you. It is impossible to be materially destitute if your spiritual priorities are in order. When you, seek first the, when you seek first material things, what else is added? Worry, anxiety, stress, sleepless nights. So the only thing you have permission to worry about is seeking his kingdom first. Putting God first in your life and making your relationship with him number one. Matthew 6, 8 says your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And when we take our eyes off God, like Peter did walking on the water, we sink. We see the storm instead of Jesus. When we choose to worry about temporary things, we sink. When we let anxiety and doubt overwhelm us we lose sight of the bigness of God, we sink. But when we seek first his kingdom, we keep our eyes fixed on him as he's looking right back in our eyes. All our needs are met and more. When we feel like we can't do this anymore, make that choice. Turn to God. He can handle it better than I can anyway. And this message today is not just an academic exercise I know what it is to worry to be filled with anxiety to be so stressed that you are sick for months I know that all of this message today I can testify seek first the kingdom because it works and if it didn't work I wouldn't have a message to tell you and you can call me a liar. I wouldn't tell you to seek first the kingdom if it didn't work. And my hope today is it can take you into a new place, a new destiny, fills you up with hope again. Because even though I know what it is to worry, I know what it is to seek the kingdom. And sometimes that's all I can do and I know it works. So today, maybe you've come with pain from the past. I have good news for you. In the kingdom, there is no pain. Maybe you're feeling disappointed about something. In the kingdom, there is no disappointment. Maybe there's a situation at work that's worrying you so much. Maybe you are so stressed that you are sick. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety. Maybe your business is struggling. Maybe you're struggling with addiction. In the kingdom, you can be set free from all those things. There is no darkness, there is no sickness, there is no poverty. The kingdom is a place of glory, of kindness, of unspeakable joy, of fun, of freedom, of laughter. And when you are seeking the kingdom, you are seeking these things. You are seeking his goodness, his power. And sometimes you need power to get through that day because some days are hard. And you need his strength to get through that day. In the kingdom, there is power. In the kingdom, you can access his strength. Sometimes it's just a matter of working out what you really need. Do I need comfort? Do I need release from worry? Do I need a good sleep? Do I need financial breakthrough? Do I need a friend? And seek the kingdom for those things because anything you need will be given to you. Anything you need will be given to you. If you want to stand up, put your hands out and just ask God, God, what do I need today? Maybe you're here today and you haven't been walking in relationship with Jesus. Maybe you haven't invited Him into your heart. Today can be a day where you make that choice to put Jesus first. And if that's you, I invite you to come to the front because we've got a team of people that will love to pray with you. The kingdom is something worth seeking, and today you can be free from anything that is holding you back, anything that you're struggling with, that is slowing you down, that is stopping you from pursuing him, you can be free from any of that. And today, I invite you to come to the front where we'd love to pray for you. I want you to stay in this place, asking God, is there anything that's getting in the way of me pursuing you? Be bold today. God, we pray for thick, thick presence. We pray for the weightiness of your spirit just to fall in this place. We pray for ears and eyes to be open to what you have to say, what you have to show. We thank you for Every person in this room today, and all of their journeys, God, we pray blessing over every single person here this today. Everyone that's not here, we bless them too. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at BaysideChurch.org.au, and of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.